Welcome to episode 58, the Australian bushfire disaster episode. On this episode, I'm going to share a bit with you about what's happened from here in Australia, where we're at right now, what's going on, how it started, and what you can do to help. If that sounds like something you're interested in, then this episode is for you. Let's dive into it. Welcome to the How to Not Get Sick and Die podcast. You've tuned in because you want to start taking your health seriously, so you don't, well, get sick and die. Here we talk all things health, nutrition, and human optimization. Let's jump into it with your host and resident scientist, Maddie Lansdowne. Hey, what's up, my healthy friends? How you doing? Welcome back for another episode. I'm excited that you're here with me in the new year, 2020. I hope everybody's had a cracking start to the year. It's been uh, it's been good for me personally, um, but I bring this episode with, to you with a with a heavy heart and with a lot of passion to share some information about what's happening, how you can help, how I can help from literally living almost in the middle of Melbourne. Um, you know, like it's it's I grew up in the country countryside and so I'm very familiar with this type of thing but it's um, having known that I can help in in some really profound ways and have in the past it's really difficult to sit here in Melbourne and not be able to do very much and so this is part of what I'm doing by just educating everybody giving people access to information so that they can make informed decisions about the way that they support what's happening because no matter where you are in the world right now if you're listening from any country you can support what is going on here in Australia which is going to be you know one of the biggest natural disasters in Australian history if not already is and it's very close and I'll get into that in a little bit now, I was actually going to do this episode. My plan was to do this episode, and I'm going to do a, just a little quick chat before I get into the bushfire stuff. Um, I was actually going to do this episode on intermittent fasting, right? Because my program launches this week. So, it's my first group coaching program, and I'm really excited to release it. And so, I was going to do that and, you know, let you, let all you guys know about the benefits and, you know, what the program is all about and whatnot. But uh, more, far more important to me is you know, the lives that are currently in danger right now in my country here in Australia. And, you know, and I've got friends and family uh, that are amongst what's happening right now that are, you know, on standby, have been evacuated, need help, need places to stay. And so, I just want to, before I dive into the bushfire episode, I do just want to quickly cover what my program's about because it is launching this week. It is actually happening and I'm, I'm actually really excited about that. Um, so, it's the ultimate energy upgrade and it's an eight-week group coaching program for people that want to get more energy, more focus and productivity. If you're someone that feels brain fog, you're someone that feels sluggish, you've sort of got really poor habits, maybe you're, you, know, you can't break your sugar addiction or you've got bad digestion or every time you eat, you just feel really blah, then this program is for you and I will put a link in the comments below so that you can actually book a discovery call with me to, to have a half an hour chat to see if the program is right for you and the right time in your journey and your life um, because I've spoken to a couple of people that I've actually said maybe not now is the best time for you because just as this podcast is, you know, taking precedence over what I wanted to talk about initially, um, I really am 
same in the it's the same with my clients. I really am interested in you just getting the best results. It's if you've been a listener to the, of the podcast for a long time, then you will know that I'm just very much about the truth and and not bullshitting anyone. And in the same way, my program is not a fad diet. It's not a temporary fix. There's going to be no deprivation, no you know, no restriction. I'm not here to tell you that it's the answer to all of your problems. I can tell you that wherever you are right now, we will. I can guarantee we will go to the next level if you put the effort and the work in. I'm just a facilitator, right? I'm just a facilitator. I've been working one-on-one with people for 18 months now and I'm yet to have somebody that doesn't get a really significant result, which is really exciting for me because it means what I do works, right? And it was the same with all those people. We just wanted to move them to the next level through education and the resources that I share. So, if that sounds like you... I'm sorry this episode couldn't be about intermittent fasting, but please book a discovery call below or you can reach out to me through Instagram or Facebook. This, you know, it's Wednesday today, the the day that this is released. So, we're launching the program on January 12th. So, we've got a few days to have a chat, to get you into the group, to get you ready to go and then we can make some cool shit happen over the next eight to ten weeks. All right. So, that was my little... uh, announcement because that is something I'm really passionate about, really excited about. I've been working towards for a long time, but I want to get into this bushfire stuff, right? I want to get you up to date. I want to, you know, speak passionately as an Australian, as a proud Australian, I will say, and I'll get into that in a little bit. So, what is going on right now in this country, right, from a from a natural disaster perspective. So, I'm going to run through a few lists. I don't claim to be a fire expert. I don't claim to be a natural disaster expert. I have personally experienced, uh, you know, Australian fires um, and I was, you know, as close as you can get to the fires in Black Saturday, which was on record Australia's worst fire day for, for fire period. It went for a lot longer than a day, but it was the worst day in fire season history and still is to this day. And that was in 2009, February 7th, 2009. And just before I moved away to uni and I saw some of the most horrific things that I've ever seen in my entire life that day that that went down in my near my hometown. And I had friends die. I had people I know, you know, seriously and gravely injured permanently forever. So, I don't pretend to be an expert sharing this information, but I do. And, you know, some of that information might surprise you because I look very Melbourne. (laughs) My haircut, my fashion these days is very Melbourne. People are often shocked to find out that I'm a country kid that spent most of my childhood running around the bush. I used to just ride my bicycle up to the bush and build cubby houses and go yabbying and running around and just, you know, it's half the time I'd spend going to the bush, coming back to tell mum where I was, going to my friend's house to tell his mum where we were and then we'd drive up the bush and I spent years up the bush and I've been meaning to go back ever since I've, you know, moved away because it's such a special place to me. Um, Some of my happiest times as a kid was spent there. So, that's the angle that I'm coming to you from with that type of experience, you know, um, in my childhood and in my youth. And I guess 2009 was over 10 years ago now when Black Saturday happened. I can't believe it's been that long, actually. It kind of makes me feel old. (laughs) But uh, a lot has happened in that time. And unfortunately, here we are again um, with this absolute absolute travesty that that has occurred. And the important thing is to know that, well, there's so many important things to know, but Australia, actually, this actually happens every single year in Australia. There's catastrophic fires 
every single year in Australia somewhere that are raging out of control. It's part of living in Australia. We are a sunburnt country, right? It's just part of being here. But obviously, the ones that are happening right happening right now are amongst and almost the worst ever in human history to cover Australia. So, all right, I want to go through a list. What's going on right now? Okay, so fires in there are fires in every Australian state. Right, every state has them. Obviously, the massive ones are in New South Wales, that is the biggest, and quickly, shortly followed by Victoria, the state that I live in. And for my international guests, you need to, uh, I want you to Google a map of how big Australia is compared to your country, because a lot of people just don't realize how absolutely monstrous this country is, right? If I drive to my cousin's house on the other side of the country, and not just the other side, but the other corner, the opposite corner, it's about four and a half thousand kilometers, right? It takes multiple days to get there nonstop if you never stop, right? (laughs) So, the air quality in parts of Australia is actually some of the most terrible in the entire world right now and it rivals China. So, I'm on right now um, here. I'm sitting in my studio at my desk and I'm looking out and it's, it's, it's as if like if you excuse the color of the sky, which tells you that it's summer, and obviously the temperature, it, it's like it's a cold winter's day in Melbourne. And we're hundreds of kilometres away from the nearest fire here in Melbourne. It's like it's a cold winter's day, like morning, the fog is here. The city is full of smoke, right? You can you could smell it in the laboratory today. It's everywhere. It's thick. It's through all my clothes. And, and I'm, I'm hundreds of kilometres away. The air quality is... So, on the scale of... So, on the scale that they use, there's good, moderate, Unhealthy for sensitive groups, unhealthy, very unhealthy, and hazardous. They are the six categories that air pollution is um, categorized into based on numbers and um, parts of molecules in the air. Now in Melbourne... We sit in the hazardous, and not just hazardous, we're multiple times the hazardous rating as we sit here right now. This, this scale maxes out at 999, and there are a number of places in Victoria, and there are a number of places in um, New South Wales that max out at 999. And on, and on the world scale, we are number two right next to China. China, well, we're equal number one, rather. China and Australia sit together at 999, which is the maximum, because it's actually far worse than that in many places. But the scale doesn't actually go beyond that. So the um, the alert that so many places are five, ten, twenty, thirty times the hazardous status, right? Which is is this is what it says, right? I'll literally read it word for word. Hazardous, which we're many times more than. The health alert is everyone may may experience more serious health effects. Everyone may experience more serious health effects. So, the air quality is terrible, to say the least. Um, All right. So, next, what else is going on over here? So, 23 lives have been lost lost so far to date, including both firefighters, volunteers, and, of course, people protecting their properties. 8.4 million hectares has been burned so far across the five states, with obviously the majority being in New South Wales, followed by Victoria. And if you actually put a map together of multiple countries in the world, you can actually, in that space, you can actually fit 113 different countries that will fit into that space. It's pretty insane, the size, which gives you a point of reference. You know, that's nowhere near, you know, even 10% of the country's landmass, right? It's just, we're huge over here and the fires are huge to match. 
So to give you some perspective on recent fires, so that's actually seven times currently at the date of recording of this. It's seven times the area of the Amazon fires and it's three times the size of the Californian wildfires in 2008, which were you know all catastrophic events, but these ones here are multiple times the size. Now, this has been banging around the news a fair bit. 500 million animals have perished. Half a billion Half a fuck ton. <laughs> that's, that's devastating to the Australian ecosystem. Australia is known around the world for its, its wildlife, its native Australian wildlife, and that's 500 million to date, to date. And this, these fires are going to go for a few more months. Right, um, and there was articles getting around saying that koalas were extinct. They're not extinct at this stage. A third of their native population has been wiped out, so they could yet become extinct. But they're definitely not yet. Um, but their habitat, vast majorities of their habitat, has been re- destroyed. And also, <laughs> I just I want to chuck this in for my international listeners, just as a passionate Australian. And so I got raised, I was raised in the country, as I just mentioned to you guys. Um, And so, you know, we were raised, I was raised with a lot of Aboriginals in my community. And I learned a lot of information from Aboriginals through my school. Our school taught us lots of different things. um, And that's got relevance to some fire stuff in a little bit. But this was one of them. And it wasn't just Aboriginals that taught us this, but it was, you know, my parents and everybody that understands this in Australia. And that is koalas are not bears. <laughs> so much so, and so many people call koalas bears, they're actually marsupials, right? And so there was actually a kid's nursery rhyme that was around when I was a kid, and it might still be around, by Don Spencer. And it's literally to educate children on not calling koalas bears. So nobody in Australia, you'll hear no Australian ever call a koala a koala bear. It's not a koala bear. And the song, the Don Spencer song, literally goes, please don't call me a koala a bear because I'm not a bear at all. <laughs> Did you mistake this for the hottest 100 hits of all time? <laughs> but the point is that they're not koala bears. They're just koalas. And anyway, continuing on, this is expected to go for another few months. We're only in early January. Fire season still has multiple months to go. And not only that, but it's, it's only the middle of summer. The hottest month, at least in Victoria, is definitely February most years, right? Um, and it's, so it's just really, really scary to, to think what is coming. And even though so much has burned already, there is a metric fuck ton of land that can still burn, right? There's so much land that can still burn out there, so many thousands and hun- millions of homes to be lost, right? So what caused these fires? What actually happened, right? Now, this is a really complex question, right? Um, So the Indigenous people who have actually lived on this continent in Australia for tens of thousands of years, and we've got evidence of 40,000 years of Aboriginal history, they actually have known for a very long time about the importance of fire management on this land and how it contributes to the health of the ecosystem. And in my personal opinion, Aboriginals are, like, are not included anywhere near enough in the conversation and action around preventative fires and the management once they're out of control. And for me, as someone that supports natural medicine and going back to our origins, you know, my business is literally called Origin Health because I believe that we need to go back to the origin where our DNA was formed and evolved 
in order to get you know the best possible diet, nutrition, medicine, all of these types of things. And so, as someone who takes that approach to health, I feel the same about this issue. Aboriginals have been on Australian soil for 40,000 years, at least, and they know this country. They know how it behaves. They know how the ecosystem reacts, which is unlike anywhere else in the world. There's, it's un- like this ecosystem is unique to Australia, right? They know it so very well. And there's, there's, just, there's a particular photo that's come out. I actually shared it on my Instagram. Um, I would encourage you to go and have a, have a look at that. And it's come out of the sunburnt country or the fire burnt country as the sun rises. And so it's like the half the photo is a bright orange, a deep orange, almost red. And then the sun in the middle is yellow. And above that is darkness. It's black, right? And that is literally the resemblance of the Aboriginal flag. And when I saw that photo, that really gave me this crystallizing moment of, holy shit, the Aboriginals, the Native Australians know better than the white Australians. We're just new. We've only been here a couple of hundred years, right? And so they know how to manage these fires once once they've been caused by whatever that is, right? And so... It was actually taught to me when I was younger in a con- in a country town that has an Aboriginal population. I went to school with Aboriginals, um, and that's that's not common in Australia. I might add, Aboriginals are a tiny proportion of our population due to a very horrific history. But the point is, I was fortunate enough to learn from these people about backburning and about when the fires would happen. I remember being younger when um, the fires would happen and they'd sort of fold their arms, the Aboriginals that I knew, and be like, oh, let's see how this goes. You know, they didn't do X, Y, Z, right? And so I find it just super interesting. So back to what caused these fires, right? So whilst bushfires are well understood, sort of in our ecosystem at least, as well as they can be as a very unpredictable, you know, natural disaster, I think that that we can definitely improve resources and tools by including Aboriginal people at the table in these conversations before the problem gets here. And despite all of that, despite all of what might have been better in the past and what could be great in the future, the fires right now are totally unprecedented in their veracity and scale. I should add in too that you really can't imagine how fast a fire can go unless you've tried to outrun one. It's just insane. Think of perfect conditions. And I'm, I'm about to explain some of those, right? So I keep getting distracted. I'm down my, my Maddie Lansdowne rabbit hole. <laughs> so picture this, right? Unlocking your potential, conquering emotional eating and gaining insights directly from a health and nutrition expert such as myself. That's what we do inside the Healthy Mums Collective Facebook group, which is currently free to join. If you've ever felt trapped by food challenges, struggled with maintaining a healthy lifestyle, or yearned for a community that understands the reasons why you've yo-yo dieted for years, then there's a new chapter waiting to be written. And this is your chance to start writing it by joining us all on Facebook Lives, on engaging posts that push you out of your comfort zone and into growth, and Q&A sessions with me. All of this works as a platform to begin changing your emotional eating problems for good. Oh, and also, as a special gift, you receive my transformative How to Turn Food into Self-Confidence ebook. And that's also for free. I get it. Skepticism might linger. You might think, Maddie, I've heard these ads and I'm not sure. Well, at least a quarter of the members inside the Healthy Mums Collective Facebook group have been paying clients of my emotional eating program at some point over the last three or four years. So if you're not sure, you can post in the group and ask to find out if I'm the real deal or not. It's totally up to you. To join us in the free Healthy Mums Collective and to end your emotional eating and feel good in your own skin and begin that journey, pop down to the show notes below, click the link and breeze through three simple entry questions. Join today and let's embark on a journey of growth and empowerment. The link is in the show notes below.
<laughs> so where was I? What caused the fires? So a really, really common thing, particularly in summer, is those dry Australian uh, storms, right, that are full of lightning. So we get a lot of lightning, particularly in drought-affected areas, right, That which, you know, there's just loads of fuel for these things to burn. Um, another really common one we're taught again as kids in Australia is uh, really important to not discard your cigarettes carelessly because especially in summer, you you know, it's actually, they have total fire ban days where you're literally not allowed to even smoke outside. You know, no naked flames outside, right? Um, and the other one is, of course, arson. Sadly, there's a group of absolute fucking pieces of shit that every single summer light a fire. They go and do it themselves. And so far in the news, I've seen that there was a 79-year-old man that was found doing it and a group of three 12-year-old boys, right? Now, on this particular occasion, that the major fires, you know, they've all kind of converged, by the way, is that, you know, it's really hard to tell who's how much damage somebody's caused. Um, and the Black Saturday fires, when I was, um, the ones I referred to in the beginning, were primarily caused by somebody with a mental disability. They actually had to station people outside his house, uh, police rather, outside his house to protect him because everyone literally wanted to kill him and were trying to kill him because that fire, uh, almost 200 people died and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people injured and, you know, sick and disease-ridden and et cetera, et cetera, as a result of that. So there are a group of people that every summer, sometimes they're even firefighters and sometimes they're even volunteers is. And th- that's not, keep in mind, 99.9% of the volunteers and the firefighters are absolute, you know, they're phenomenal humans in every way. But there's the odd one that slips through the cracks and, and it's happened in the past here in Australia. So, you know, I, I want to really clarify that I'm not, uh, that the 99.9% of these groups that are helping everyone are are absolute, if you're religious, they're angels, right? They're just absolute godsends. I'm not religious, but I couldn't think of a better word. <laughs> but so this is how they started, right? But the worst, the worst thing is how they're fueled, right? By just a ton of environmental factors that are just perfect conditions for mayhem, right? And so first, of course, is a lack of rain. We, that's, that's just summer in Australia, right? It's funny I say that because actually rain today in Melbourne drizzle not not anywhere near enough and actually caused a fire truck to um, have a crash because the roads were half melted and also now wet. So you know it's like we can't win. Uh, but anyway, another one is low soil moisture, which causes small fires to grow into massive fires because they've got a lot of dry fuel even right on the ground, um, and the high temperatures and fierce winds, which happens you know every single summer. You know that's that's a part of Australia. However. It's been particularly bad in the last year, right? And we recently had our hottest overall day on record here in Australia. Overall, overall. So the whole country got to at least 40 with, you know, multiple places getting higher than that. We were 46 here in Melbourne. And that's degrees for all of my American and international listeners, um, which in Fahrenheit is 114.8 or 115 degrees Fahrenheit, which is... Yeah, it's pretty warm, uh, but I walked to and from work. I was fine. <laughs> I'm pretty used to that. You know, I grew up in the country. My air-conditioned city life is only, you know, the last five years, I would say. <laughs> um, so, in addition to all of that, this season has actually been longer, 
right? The seasons are getting longer each year due to climate change and the window to perform what they call critical hazard reduction burns has decreased, which give fires more fuel because we're, you know, shortening that window. But also it has physical more physically less time to do prevention. Therefore, the subsequent re- consequential reality is that there's more time for the fires to go out of control. It's also important to note that the fires are not started by climate change. Like I'm, I'm all for climate change, and I'm a scientist, and you know, believe it's real, and all that kind of jazz. And the, the data makes a lot of sense. But the fires are, in fact, exacerbated by the effects of global warming, right? Which is, you know, a, a much deeper, more complex issue. Climate change being the side of the argument that humans contribute to it, right? Um, with our fossil fuels and all that type of thing. So that's another rabbit hole. And, you know, I don't particularly have an opinion on that unless asked, but um, not overly passionate other than let's do the right thing. That's just my basis for or everything, really. Let's just do what's best for everyone, right? So what now, right? So what now? So I really want to swap this like negativity out. Like there's so so much negativity going on right now and rightfully so. I'm not dismissing anybody's feelings, but I want to flip the script on that a little bit and talk about some awesome stuff like celebrating Australia in our darkest hour. The Australian spirit is phenomenal, right? We have people all over the globe that have either been touched by Australia, know people in Australia or from Australia and are doing what they can from where they are to help Australia. Not to mention, not to mention the people that are on the ground right now literally facing the like their death, like they're facing potential death in protection of homes of people they don't know, of of in protection of a country that they know and love, right? And we've got massive financial donations from all over the country. And I'm getting, I'm feeling emotional. I feel really passionate about about this because it's it's something I've, as I've said, I've I've experienced, right? And so, like Pink, Pink, the singer, uh, she donated 500k. Right, five hundred thousand dollars. Russell Crowe's uh, donated two hundred thousand dollars. There's celebrities all over the world that have donated. There's people just like you and me, normal people that have donated as little as two dollars. Whatever you can afford is how you can help. Right, this is really important. However, you can help is beneficial to Australia, and we are grateful for it. But more importantly, the firefighters, the Australians here on the front line, right? They are amazing. Celebrating what they're doing for Australia is what we should be doing right now. We are in our darkest hour or one of our darkest hours, right? And this should be celebrated. The Australian spirit of backing up your mate, of covering him, having his back and fighting for his home, when you're, you've got a wall of fire in front of you. And this can't be... The Australian spirit is shown in Celeste Barber, right? And I use Celeste Barber as an example because you might know her. And I, and I love the Australian in me that you know, loves a good laugh and talking a bit of shit, loves that an Australian female comedian has raised the most money for this problem that we're facing right now than anyone ever in the history of raising money, right? Celeste Barber, she's this hilarious Aussie comedian that takes the piss out of a lot of famous people. She's got six and a half million followers on Instagram. She set out to raise $500,000 a few days ago, a few days ago, and she's currently at $32 million right? 32 million. And I, I strongly suggest you go and follow her. Celeste Barber, I'll put her Instagram below. She's a true Aussie. You'll just know it. You'll just be able to hear the way she speaks. She's helping. She's helping lots of people do amazing things. Um, and so, follow her stories. Just follow her fundraising. It's just phenomenal. And the evidence of the Australian spirit is alive more than ever in people like Celeste Barber. 
and people all across the country right now. And the evidence is everywhere. The Australians are so powerful. We're generous. We're kind. You know it. You know it's true, right? You know it's true. With every story that comes out, you feel it in your body. You feel it in your soul. You might get goosebumps. Your heart might peak. You might be like feeling like this is amazing. Humans are awesome, right? Every photo of a firefighter protecting someone or a video of firefighters outrunning fires or a video of firefighters outrunning fires that are chasing down their truck at blistering speeds and them them getting there, them succeeding and just feeling that that camaraderie of, of absolute gratitude for, the, for their success in that moment, right? Seeing the masses of people packing boxes of food in their garages, in their local sports centres, in their local gyms, clearing the space, housing strangers, right, in their home who have just lost everything. Not only that, seeing people save animals, and there's a classic photo from the Black Saturday fires of a of a, a firefighter giving a bottle of water to a koala. You know, those moments show you that the Australian spirit is alive. We have one another's back in every possible way. It is the Australian way to be like that, right? And not only that, the people, all of you listening that listen to my podcast, you have all experienced Australia, if not through me, through a thousand other ways. And it's shown by the fact that money is pouring in to Australia to help though to help us, right? If you are so far away that you are unable to help physically or you don't have the expertise, financial help is is what people are doing. And that Australian spirit's coming through multiple countries, multiple, thousands and millions of people everywhere. So I'm just so proud to be Australian right now because it just extends to all corners of the globe. The world that knows Australia, if you know Australia, I know you have our back because you've been here and you know how great our people are, how proud we are to be Australian, right? Everybody loves this country for a reason. And there are over 100 international firefighters that have joined our Yellow Jacket Army here in Australia, and we are grateful for that support, right? So what I want you to do is I want to talk about how you can help, right? I want you to find a way to extend that Australian spirit and make an impact to donate, to donate some money, some resources to help everyone here right now, the people that are in danger. That's why I'm doing this podcast because what I can do right now is I can help rally my small community that listens to my content, that watches my Instagram. You know, It's only a few thousand people in the context of Celeste Barber, <laughs> but that's what I can do, right? That's what I can do. I know what these people are going through. And, you know, it's probably a thousand times worse than I've experienced. So, I want to talk about how you can help. All right. So, the immediate thing that you can do is donate money. And I'm going to give you a list of seven different places you can donate money. But before I do that, I just want to say, um, I just want to acknowledge the mental health reality of what's going on in Australia, right? We're all in like fight and flight response right now, the whole country together. We're all in that, right? Our mental health is shot. There's going to be a lot of trauma after this, a lot of trauma, and it's going to play out in different ways. So what I say is that if you're involved in any way or know anybody, be ready with whatever you know and whatever you've learned in order to support the mental health journey that a lot of people are about to go on because that is a complicated journey. That is a complicated journey for people to heal from what they have seen, right? What they are seeing right now today. It You can cannot wipe those things from your memory and it changes you forever. And this me me you know passionately ranting on this podcast about it is evidence that it affected me once in my past, right? And that was just once. A lot of these guys on the front line have done this every summer for 30 years, right? 20, 30 years. It's insane. So be prepared for the mental health fallout of what's happened here and support everybody after it. 
you know, once it's over, it's not over for those people. They will carry that for the rest of their lives and giving them the resources, tools and support that they need and you yourself accessing all of the facilities that are available to you because, you know, everybody's impacted by this in some way, right? We need to band together and support one another's mental health journey through this. All right, so these links are going to be in the, podca- in the podcast show notes below. So, I want to go through seven options for where you can donate, all right? So, we've got number one, these are in no particular order, I should say. Number one, the Australian Red Cross Disaster Recovery and Relief Service, right? The Red Cross supports a variety of efforts such as supporting people at uh, evacuation centers and providing emergency assistance like cash grants to people who have lost their homes, um, which, uh, you know, I forgot to mention my own sister is, I don't know if I did mention this, but my own sister is on standby to evacuate and a lot of people around her area have evacuated. So, that's what the Red Cross do. They help uh, the disaster recovery and relief. Number two, the Salvation Army Disaster Appeal. Salvation Army team members are providing meals to first-line responders and evacuees as well as any other support needed, right? So the Salvation Army Disaster Appeal. Number three, St. Vincent de Paul Society Bushfire Appeal, New South Wales. So Vinnies, as we call them in Australia, we give we shorten everything over here in Australia. Vinnies Bushfire Appeal helps provide food, clothing, money, the bushfire and money that bushfire victims may need to pay their bills. Because unfortunately, life still goes on despite this destruction, right? Number four, and this was the one that's been smashed all over Instagram and online, which is amazing. New South Wales Rural Fire Ser- Service or the RFS. You can either donate straight to the to their website or to you can donate to your local fire brigade if you're an Aussie or you can seek out, you know, through your networks to find out which uh, local fire brigade is important to you and you can donate to them. Every dollar counts. Number five, the Country, country Fire Authority, the CFA, which is in Victoria. So the one before was New South Wales based. This is Victoria. This is the one that I've grown up with, this is the knowing the CFA. Just like the New South Wales RFS, you can donate either to a specific brigade or provide a general donation just to them overall. Number six, the Victorian Bushfire Appeal. So the Victorian government teamed up with the Salvation Army, I mentioned them a bit earlier, and the Bendigo Bank for the appeal with all the funds, all funds going to communities in need. Number seven, the Port Macquarie Koala Hospital. The organization has a GoFundMe page that seeks funding for koalas affected by the bushfires. And as we know, there are a ton of those. And actually, number I think I said seven before. Number eight, we've got a number eight, which has been all smashed all over social media as well which is WIRES, Wildlife Information Rescue and Education Service. So the New South Wales um, WIRES rescues and cares for animals and is seeking donations for volunteer carers as their rescuers are inundated with what's going on in the current with the current bushfires. So the links to all of these will be in the show notes below. I'm really grateful that you've jumped on for this episode and I hope you've stayed with me until the end. Um, I know that I might have got a, a sidetracked a little bit with my passion. Um, I'm really just, you know, it's just it's just fallen out of my face, the words right now. They're just, it's just coming out because, you know, I didn't plan this episode at all. It's just like I wanted to do the intermittent fasting to talk about my program, The Ultimate Energy Upgrade. But this is far more important that people understand what's going on here, at least to the best of my ability. I'm a health expert, not a uh, fire expert. <laughs> so this has been an overly serious episode too. So I apologize for that. But, you know, serious times call for serious measures. And this is one tiny, tiny drop in the ocean, this podcast. And I please, I ask you to share this podcast with your friends, with anyone you think will get any benefit from just learning a little bit about uh, the Australian story right now or just 
anything, just just share this podcast because it will help people get a little bit of an understanding, right? Because this problem is not over. It's not going to be over for months, and months, months and months and months. And it happens every year. It's just this year is exceptionally bad. So we need people to know. We need our communities equipped more appropriately through prevention, through awareness, through having the right tools and including everybody in the conversation and everybody knowing what to do when shit goes down. You know, I don't know how, how bad the death toll will be, but to have Black Saturday as the last worst fire in history, in Australian history, with almost 200 dead, and we've only got 23 right now, that tells me that we've learned something. We've made progress. You know, 23 is still devastating, but we've made massive progress. So hopefully, by sharing this podcast, by contributing, by Celeste Barber, through, through all of the amazing humans that are doing great things on social media for Australia. I thank you. I thank everybody listening. I thank everybody that's donated five cents or more right to Australia. I'm grateful. And the Australian spirit will live on very strong through everyone here. We've banded together to produce amazing results as a nation together right now in these bushfires. And it's it's not going to waver anytime soon. So thank you for listening. I appreciate it. And I really hope to hear from you soon. Have a good one. Thanks for listening to the How to Not Get Sick and Die podcast. If you love this episode and health information is your thing, then please consider subscribing to the show. And when you're done, head over to iTunes, Google Podcast, or whichever app you use. And we'd be grateful if you could leave us a five-star rating and write a review sharing your opinion on the show as it really helps the podcast grow. Thanks so much and I'll see you on the next episode. Whilst the presenter that feature on this podcast endeavour to provide accurate information, it cannot possibly take into account your individual circumstances, and therefore the content on this podcast provided by any of the speakers is not intended as advice in any way for any individual, and should not be a replacement for professional medical or health advice of any nature. Always seek advice regarding your personal situation from a qualified medical professional.